Everyone dreams about living an uncommon life, but how we define that dream is very different for each of us. And for most, it's a lifelong pursuit. Welcome to the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living that life or enjoying the journey to get there. We're going to also give you some tools, tricks, and tips for starting or accelerating your own efforts to live an uncommon life, a life worth celebrating and savoring. Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello and welcome everybody. This is Philip Ramsey. And I'm Brian Dewhurst. And you are listening to the Uncommon Life Project. Thank you so much, Dina, for that wonderful intro. It is always nice to the consistency that she provides for us. Just sets us off on the right tone. It's just uh, her, yeah, it's just amazing. It really is. Speechless. Okay, so today, great show for you. We have some of our close friends, Hannah and John Shiplett. Uh, They're a dynamic duo, kind of like Batman and Robin. They're married. They work together and we have a huge kind of story how to, uh, we're going to unlock for everyone and our listeners on how that came to be, where they're at. But if you could just think for a second, I'd say Chip and Joanna Gaines, but in Des Moines and way more cool. So that's where we'd have, let's go with the, uh, we'll go with the bio and then we'll go from there. All right. Uh, John and Hannah, our husband and wife design build team. They focus on quality, historic character and are blazing a new design trail. They love getting to know their clients, how they live, and help them discover how design and structure can greatly improve their everyday lives. Welcome, John and Hannah. Thank you. Hello. Hello. I always feel like we should have like a, uh, you know, like a fake applause when we announce people. But budgets are tight here at the Uncommon <laughs> Life Project. We all clap at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the first time we actually had two people on the other line. This is kind of exciting I for know. both Brian this and is I. The first. And to be honest with you, there's always, we're talking about entrepreneurial things, paving your new path. And it's nice to be able to have two sides that we could interview because there's always usually one person that we're talking to, but we never get the other side from the other perspective of the significant other of how were they feeling when their husband or wife jumped off to this venture. So now we have you guys. (laughs) All right. Where do we start? Well, I've always kind of, I don't, you maybe know this, but where did you guys meet and what were you kind of doing or envisioning for yourself prior to meeting the other person? Um, (laughs) (laughs) We were just little kids. We were like 19 years old. So we met at church um, and we didn't really have any sort of expectations for life or any sort of (laughs) (laughs) direction. (laughs) So, I mean, it's evolved into a lot of different things and yeah, to I wanted to, to be a ballerina. That was my plan. I was on my my ballet track and also studying design as my backup plan uh, when I met John and he became the plan mm-hmm. um, shortly after that. It wasn't too long. <laughs> the only plan that I ever had was that I just did not want to work for somebody. <laughs> so okay. I didn't really know what that meant. Exactly. But okay, we got to uh, unpack that because we had your father on the show, Doug Shiplett. People might have remembered that if they're an avid listener. Um, do you think that you got that from your parents or where did that come from? Where did that little, I don't want to work for somebody? Just, it is like intrinsic. I, it just is who I am. I just, I've always, it's not that I couldn't um, work for somebody or that um, I had like an issue with authority or anything like that. It was just more like, I just kind of want to be on my own, just kind of doing my own thing and be in control of how that looks or, you know, whatever it may be. 
So, yeah. so did you so go to college the, for that or like not? I went to, to actually, we were just talking about this. I went to uh, DMAC orientation and <laughs> left and said, no way. I'm doing that. <laughs> I love it. Not do love this. It. And so that was that. That was my college experience. <laughs> so <laughs> you, go, you go home from your college experience, which is orientation. Yeah. And you tell your parents like, no, nah, not for me, guys. I'm out. What did they, yeah. how did they react? And like, what's your next step? What's the next day look like? <laughs> I, I mean, my dad was like, okay, you know, like, and <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think he was, uh, he's always been really supportive of like uh, any sort of idea I ever had. Um, and he is also entrepreneurial in, in that way too. So it, helped a lot but i think i could see it in his eyes like okay like let's you know we're gonna roll with ideas down on paper and let's see you know what we come up with but um for the most part it was it's pretty painless (laughs) then where do you go do you just start applying for places or do you start bidding people or i actually went so grew up in california so i actually went back to california worked with um my old youth pastor who owned a, uh, a, uh, like an international scout shop, which is basically like a old school, like off-road vehicle. Um, and because I, I had this interest in sort of metal fabrication and I was, I've always been kind of mechanically inclined. So I said, ah, you know what, that that's kind of a start. I'll just go out there and see some of my old friends and then just kind of like gain in some skill and then maybe that'll lead to something else, you know? And, uh-huh. uh, so then I ended up after I think four or five months coming back to Iowa and I was making, um, these like metal bumpers for these international scouts in a shop in Boone We're working some, for somebody else. No, now, now this was my own thing. Oh, so gotcha. like, you, like, yeah, just contracted me to build an X amount per month. Okay. And it was, but it was a separate business. And, um, so I was just hired to do that basically, but my business was so, uh, yeah. yeah. And then that led into just like getting into, um, like another shop in Ames uh, metal fabrication just to kind of try to gain in my skill. Then I just hit a point where I was like, I don't really like this anymore. I don't like, <laughs> I liked working with my hands and kind of creating things, but like I didn't like metal fabrication. It was like mm-hmm. a terrible job, super dirty, like every day. <laughs> so it was like, I can't do this. And then, uh, started to get into construction. I've always liked houses. Um, so then I worked on a framing and trim crew uh, which then I was approached by, um, a banker at like it was 2009 when things were kind of going South and they had a bunch of foreclosures and I was a good candidate to acquire some rental properties. So, um, I was able to make a few deals, uh, doing that. And then started to, that kind of like propelled me into the rehabbing properties and then, and then I was still sort of simultaneously working construction. Um, so then I just gained in all these skills around construction and um, remodeling. And and then uh, at the same time, Hannah and I are, at, you know, we've gotten married. 
Hannah's, I don't know, what were you doing at that point? <laughs> what was it? Finishing school. <laughs> finishing school. So <laughs> finishing school for design. And then eventually that just has merged into, okay, we should just be doing this together, you know? And, um, I mean, we've, we've missed so much. There's so much there. We got to unpack. I was just going to say that was like a super fast. Quick. Yeah. It's good Good to bring our listeners where we're at, but okay. So Hannah, you're on the other side of the fence and you are going to Iowa state to be a ballerina and do the design (laughs) thing. Is that correct? Yes. I was actually studying in Des Moines, the ballet. It doesn't really matter, but, um, and then I was going to Iowa state for interior design. So there was kind of a couple of years where I was, design was sort of to keep my parents happy. They wanted me to go get a degree and I yeah. like school enough. And, um, I always had a bent towards design. I'd like design my hamsters cages and put dollhouse furniture in there and like do stuff like that. So there were some signs that that was kind of in my, my future. But, um, John and I were dating when he purchased the properties and I thought that was really cool. And I'd like go in with my paint deck and kind of mess around, but those houses were pretty tiny and so I'd pick the colors and that was pretty much the extent of us working together. Yeah. Um, and then I graduated at, in 2009, which is also, as John mentioned, kind of the down, <laughs> the great downfall of, of construction. And so I spent some time as a barista, which was like my favorite job ever because <laughs> <laughs> you meet people like every five minutes and it's so fun. Uh, and then I got a job as a project manager, which that kind of was the, the, it kind of laid the foundation for me being able to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know that that was in me at all, but I learned how, um, because I didn't have anything creative in that job. It was all just like I was on the project management side. So it was all schedules and all sales of other people's creative services. And so I learned how to have the conversation of here's what my, the creative services are worth and here's how they have value. So learning how to sell Mm. services because people want a tangible thing they don't want um they have a hard time paying for design but if they can like sit in a chair like they understand like i'm paying for this chair but when it's kind of an abstract or idea world and you're selling those types of things it's hard for people to kind of like stomach that or see what they're paying for so i learned how to sell services during that time and um and then i got a job just working as a commercial designer for a couple years which was great for me to again just get my my feet wet as a new designer in that world because um, commercial is a little bit more structured and usually have a little bit higher budget to work with. So that kind of gave me the freedom to to spread my wings as a designer. And now, then, is that Eden and Gray? Yeah. Is that when that was started? Um, nope, that was I worked at Story Kenworthy in okay. Ames for a couple of years. Um, yeah, you two were not working together at that point. No, you're just no, kind of no, running no. on separate ta- tracks. Yep, yep. yep. Okay. And then. Um, Eden and Gray started when I came home after we had our first child and I wasn't planning on doing anything with design at that point, but, um, people just started asking for projects. And so I would take them on and I was also studying to get my NCIDQ, which is the design license. And I wanted to follow up with that because I had just kind of start, I had just enough hours when I left my, my job to qualify, to be able to test and, and to go on that track. So I wanted to keep things alive a little bit. And then, uh, projects kept coming. And then I would say, Hey, John, like, can you build a whatever door shelf? Like, (laughs) like, can you help me out with this? And so he'd like, we, it was a little rocky. I said, no, (laughs) he said no a couple of times. And then eventually (laughs) played hard to get. That's the way I wanted more. So I was like, no, you have to do this. (laughs) So (laughs) he finally said yes. And, um, would take some of my stuff on and 
So it's good. Like it's been just since the beginning of this year, have we really made it official and, um, joined everything together and, and kind of rebranded a little bit. And it has been like a huge game changer for us. It yeah, really it's has. been really, really, really good. Yeah. The, I really want to talk about that. Yeah, I do too. So Brian, I'm just completely <laughs> captivating this whole thing. So go ahead. Brian has great questions. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, think, I think a lot of times we have, you know, people on and it's great to have both of you too, by the way, but we have people on and it sounds so easy. And I think this hasn't been easy no. for you guys. And you're both really talented. And so can you talk to our listeners about kind of merging two brands into one and what that has, you know, changed for, for you in your own words? Yeah. And to give a little bit of premise on that. So yeah. John had his own company at one point and it was, I would say, getting some traction. And then you have the other side, you have Eden and Gray. Which was Hannah's company. Which was Hannah's company. And that one's also gaining Team. traction. And so at what point, and I want you to go back to Brian's question. But at what point we were like, okay, one of these has to go away if we're going to join forces. And how was that conversation? Are you just trying to get credit since it was your idea? No. (laughs) It wasn't. No. Not where I wanted that to go. No, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Do you want to take it? or? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think for both Hannah and I, um, you know, up until like, you know, probably about a year ago, we were just focused on gaining the skill required to do the task, you know, Mm. and not really focusing on the business side of things. And I think that that we've gotten advice, you know, from you guys, we have another um, like business mentor that we uh, kind of bounce ideas off of. And he said too, just, you guys need to turn your skill into a business, you know, and, I think that that's been the biggest sort of game changer for us. It's like, okay, like we have to figure out how we can like sustain. Cause I mean, you can quickly in like in any business really, but quickly, if you don't create sort of efficiencies and systems, like you just get live by the schedule, you know? And I think that that, that was the biggest thing for us. We're like, man, we're just like killing it all the time. But like, but you it's know. killing us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, it's growing, but it's not growing in the right ways. And, and so we've got the skill now, but now, now we're starting to like this last year, we're just really focusing on putting all the right systems in place, getting our efficiencies, you know, really dialed in. And, and then uh, the branding is a different sort of part of that, but it's a little different. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing that came to my mind is I, my favorite t-shirt is it's an old Ray gun t-shirt that I don't know that they make it anymore, but it says, um, art, just another get quick or get poor quick scheme. (laughs) And I proudly wear that because I am definitely on the, the side of, um, just passion. And I think that that's what John and I have always had a lot of, um, we would just spend all of our free time just driving around looking at houses and going to home shows and just looking at magazines and looking online at houses and studying styles. And we just have spent, like John said, acquiring our skill set and, and beefing it up and loving that. Um, but then trying to focus it into a real business and figure out, like, I think everybody is sort of on the same path where you spend your twenties getting your education and you're figuring out who you are. And then you hit 30 and all of a sudden it's like, there's a switch and you're like, okay, I know who I am at 30 mm-hmm. and what my skill set is. And so that vision, we're like, 
two years into our thirties now. And I think we just gain more clarity each year. There's kind of a theme every year. And last year it was focus and this year it's um, discipline, you know, and it's, Mm. those are just things that when we were talking about what have been game changers, like our life was just sort of this, it got bigger than we were because we, you know, had our house and our kids and our business and everything was growing, but it was just like, you only have so many hours in the day Mm -hmm. and and so much time. So we needed that focus. And this allowed when we joined the business together, um, so much focus because it's, there's the practical side of one accountant, one lawyer, you know, one, Mm -hmm. everything. And then I was also running social media for both businesses, um, and running like any of the marketing strategies were coming from me for both of the businesses. And it was just like, why am I posting like five different places yes. when it could be two places? One. You know, yeah. 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 So totally. Very cool. You know, I, I'll just say like, I just want the listeners just to be on the same playing field. I, my wife and I use John and Hannah for, <laughs> uh, we're actually going to buy a new house. We're moving mm-hmm. uh, at the end of this month. And it has been so freeing to be able to have resources that you know, like, and trust not only give you a design plan, but then also say, well, then who's going to help me with the design? And, oh, that's John's side. <laughs> and so I feel a little bit, and I, and I made that in jest, the Chip and Joanna Gaines, but I now know how their clients feel because it's a one-stop shop. Hmm. Not only are you going to tell me that that wall could move, you're going to tell me who's going to help me move that wall, yep. if not do it all for me. And it is so freeing and I told Hannah this before it was recording. We just got some plans back. We love them. I mean, like so much so, like when can we start? Um, so it's it's been <laughs> such a freeing thing to be able to have Hannah and, and, and John at our disposal to walk through some of these changes where, I mean, I'm out. I'm, I'm out of fish without water on this stuff. I don't know what to do or how to do it. Yet I do have confidence in their skills and how much they care for me. And so this whole process that they took my wife and I through wasn't one of like, what do you want? It was like, tell us your favorite beverage. Like, mm-hmm. what? My favorite what? A beverage. Like, no, if you could drink any drink, like what would it be? And, and just kind of off the wall questions. So they started getting to know us and how we functioned and how we work. Mm-hmm. And they, they came out with a plan that was perfect for us. And so it's very freeing. You guys really are rocking it. And to have Thank one you. brand for your clients not only makes sense to me, I, I'm, I'm a client, uh, but it's also freeing too to know that it's a one-stop shop. This is where I sign my check to. This is where I send it. This is all the stuff. When I when I when I do business with you, I'm getting not only Hannah, but I'm also getting John, and it's a very very comforting feeling. So good. Yeah, and I think when you look at real estate now too, with everything that happened in 08 and 09, I think there's a huge void in the marketplace for what you're doing. You know, because so many houses are outdated. And or a lot of people can't afford to build the four or five hundred thousand dollar house or three hundred thousand dollar house, and so they're, but they don't know how to remodel anything. And so I think your your services are going to be in strong demand for a long time, for sure, um, for sure. So yeah. So I also want to do this because I know we're taking this as you guys' show, but in past <laughs> we've had a lot of listeners who are like, how do we work with you, Brian and Philip? Like, how do you fit into this whole this whole I guess, plan. And that's what I would say that we kind of do for our clients. And then hence the reason why we're so close with you guys is because we really want to know and understand who we're working with, what they're passionate about, what they get excited about, and just encourage them by saying, you are your best asset. 
there's no other mutual fund or anything mm-hmm. like that that's going to have a better rate of return than maybe you just focusing down on what you know the best, what you're excited about and passionate about. You guys bleed your passion. Yeah. Okay, so, so I have a question. keep going. Yeah. So you guys are doing lots of different things now that you've kind of talked about unifying the brand. And I, I like the term because I heard it and it hit me like a ton of bricks, but like niching down. Because there's a lot of things you guys can do, not only individually, but together. So when you now look at your business moving forward, what are you most excited about helping other people with? And, and what do you see in the real estate market? Because I think what Philip and I have even talked about a lot is just, it's so, so many people are making money in real estate, but it seems so hard to, the, I think, most people. And so like kind of pulling that veil back of like, what do you guys see in real estate and how can you help, you know, that average couple that wants to have the nice house, but also have an investment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's two different directions in my mind that that question could go. I mean, specifically around the, the real estate market are just the price points for, for couples. Like you said that the new construction right now and the market changes a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and even what is specifically going on right now, it's a little, it's hard to find houses in that price point between like 175 and 250 and that because they just go so fast. I think recently I heard a real estate agent say it's like a one to two month supply. Whereas if you get above 300, you've got more of close to like a six to seven month supply. Mm. And so those, that is a real challenge. So I think that if someone is not afraid of taking on maybe a home um, that needs a little bit more work and they don't have the time because they're a young family or whatnot to, to do all of that, that, we would be able to help um, that aspect of getting into something and fixing it up right away so that you have that. The benefit of a new home is that you're not working on it all the time and that mm-hmm. it's not a distraction to what your focus is or your own passions are. And so to be able to come in and just take care of those things right away and then also focus your money in to the kitchens and the baths because in the Midwest, you typically get almost dollar for dollar what you put in. If you have sweat equity, you might even make money. Um, on mm. that if you're doing a portion of the work um, on your own. But good I'd say point. that that's where it's a, it's a good value or to think of things like to get us involved as soon as possible in that process yeah. because, you know, and there's a certain aspect where you don't want to do it yourself for certain types of projects because you, or if you have us, you'll save money because you don't spend all that time looking for like mm. the perfect tile that you don't know is actually not the perfect tile because the maintenance of that particular thing or how you live are not compatible. So. Um, I'm getting a little off track, but well, I, think that's, that's, I was going to kind of add to that too. Yeah. Just that like the thing that we get most probably passionate about in our business is um, creating the space for the people that are living in it, you know? And, mm-hmm. but like, I think the skill and sort of the know how of like the years that we've been doing it, um, it helps a lot because like, I think you can easily create something that is, too unique to you and then it's not sellable. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I think a lot of times we try to like analyze the people, you know, who our clients, who are they, what do they need? And then try to create a space that's unique to them without it making it so odd that you'd never be able to sell it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless they just want that and they just want it, you know, but um, <laughs> well, at, at least our how long that they're going to be, in yeah. that space because, and how often that you see, eventually you just see trends are on a cycle. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're really on a, probably an Iowa 10 year cycle, but more than that, they're on a five year cycle. And so it's sort of, 
if you're going to be there forever, I like people to just design around what they love. If it's your forever home, just mm-hmm. you enjoy it and don't worry about what trends are going on. But if you're going to resell in the next five years and you're talking about a major renovation, like a kitchen, I mean, you want to make some choices that are a little bit more universal. Yeah. So that's great. I want to dive in on this because I think a lot of people don't understand this. And I, I like getting into the mechanics a little bit more on the show because I want to make things tangible. So let's say someone comes to you and they're like, Hey, I found this house. It's 175 grand. It's a little rough. We, we could afford a house that's maybe 250 to 275, but we want it exactly how we want it. Mm-hmm. Can you walk our listener through like a construction loan? How much do they have to get down? How do you guys get paid along the way? How do you go? How do they walk into that financially? Mm-hmm. And then how do they partner with you and then come out the other side? It's a good question. Um, I think there's, there's a few ways to kind of go about it. I mean, if they're just paying it out of pocket, then we can just sort of set up a, we like from Hannah and I's side, we just set up a, um, like a draw schedule. Um, we require a little bit down at before the, um, 25% just to get started to get started. And then we, um, start kind of going from there and there's a sketch, there's a project schedule and then there's a draw schedule that's associated with those draws. Um, and then it kind of works the same way with a bank. I mean, if they're going, um, and financing it, they would go and talk to their lender. Um, and then usually the terms are, you know, different for different lenders and however they want to kind of set that up. But then, uh, same kind of deal. It's just a draw schedule. Uh, and we communicate mostly with the bank and then it, um, it goes through the, the homeowner's eyes. They have to sign off on the draw, obviously make sure everything's up to their, um, kind of standard. And then, uh, and then basically we just kind of complete the project, you know, the bank is paying you though, the draw on that. Correct. Yeah. And even just before that, I think it would be useful to know for a client or someone taking on a project like that, that we, especially if they have the house and they know they're going to close on it or they already have access to it, or most people are living within their houses too, when you're doing these renovations, um, we provide estimates that are essentially line items, like Mm -hmm. here's drywall, here's framing, here's these, Mm -hmm. and then here's these specialty rooms you have, like your clawfoot tub and it's its own line item so that people can really take it back and make the decisions like, okay, here's the project overall. And we know we need to shave $10,000 off of this. So we're going to cut out our excess and we're just going to not do that bathroom, but we'll do X, Y, and Z. And so Mm -hmm. we do spend a lot of time with our clients in that process of here's what this would look like visually as your design, like you can walk through it 3D. Um, And then here's what each of these line items would cost. And and that comes after to what you were mentioning um, about that kind of like interview and getting to know the clients and what they actually mm. need and want. And then we can kind of inform that whole aspect of, okay, well, someone living with five kids, like you're going to want that other bathroom. So let's go ahead and push for <laughs> yeah. that, you know, and yeah. um, we try to not push people outside of their budgets, but we try to give them long-term advice that they may not be thinking of when they're making those financial decisions right then and there when it's hard to pull the trigger. There may yeah. be some things that pay off for them that we've seen other people be really happy yeah. with. Um, so, and with our process too, we're like extremely detailed in, like on the front end. So we really try to nail down exactly how everything is going to go and really try to hone in on those costs for everything. Just that, that way there's no major surprises unless there's, you know, something behind the walls mm-hmm. or something that you can't foresee. But, 
We've all seen HGTV. It all's happened. It's yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. And even that happens to us. Yeah. <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> Behind the walls, we always have that clause. Like, okay, we can't, we don't have laser eyes. Right. So. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Let's talk about the sacrifices that you've had to make to be where you're at today. Could you talk through some of those? I haven't sacrificed <laughs> one drop of coffee. I let yeah. myself have <laughs> limited coffee. <laughs> but time <laughs> yeah it's so much time yeah um i don't know i mean we sacrifice our weekends and you know it, it's worked out well in the sense that our whole family is kind of involved we're able to now as our kids are getting older um get them involved uh, more and more with things mm-hmm. but um you have to kind of do those things because otherwise you will sacrifice you know to the yeah, yeah too much mm-hmm. and but in some ways there's no way around it. So there's sort of like, you have to figure out, you know, um, how to make it work that, and, and set, you know, we have our priorities, our priorities for sure is our kids over our business, but like we, it all has to kind of work together. So we've yeah. just need to pay the bills too. Yeah. We've yeah. just been able to do that, but it's, it's, you know, we've had some hard weekends and, you know, hard days that are, up we're up so late and Hannah's really up late and it's crazy. I can speak to that. Usually I get emails about 145 from yeah. here yeah. in the morning. So winding there's, yeah. Yeah. there's some sacrifice there for sure. I would say too that I mean we're really committed to it's been cool on this journey just in our marriage and and with the business to now that we have a few years to look back on like um we sold our house a year ago just about and it was a house that I really loved. It had a lot of character and it was a, just a cool house. And, um, but it was just necessary so that we could focus. It was part of that whole thing. I mean, when you have a whole house to take care of and a yard and everything else you have to find, um, what, like what can go and with young family and mm-hmm. young kids, they can't go anywhere and your marriage <laughs> needs to be a priority. So it as was much the as house. you've tried to give people no. back. Yeah. <laughs> this exactly. doesn't seem to stick. Yeah. yeah. And so it was, it was kind of just taking a few years and we're in a, a low maintenance living situation right now. And it's actually been a huge blessing. Like mm. it just is. Um, so in a way that it's that way, I would put it in the category of sacrifice, but like we're so ready and willing. I think as any entrepreneur, you have to be, you can't expect your life to look like your neighbor who they both work in insurance and they get paid their salaries and they know their insurance company is going to be there. And (laughs) just like, you have to figure out everything, like Mm -hmm. you're paving the path. And that to me is where I felt frustration along the way and wanted to throw in the towel when it's like, I can't look at another insurance policy. This is like the worst or do my own taxes. (laughs) Like that is soul crushing. So those are the things (laughs) that, (laughs) that I don't love. If your kids, this is a random question, so hang on, this is a Philip question. If your kids end up going down the same path as you two, would you be happy for them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. a telling answer. Mm-hmm. It's a telling yeah. answer. And as much as we all sacrifice, you wouldn't trade it, right? Like you couldn't imagine right. going into the nine to five. Like, hey, John, I'm here. What do I need? To, what do I do today? Yeah. We say we that talk all about the time. It, yeah. <laughs> we, well, we say that all the time where we're yeah. like, oh man, should I just go get a job somewhere? And then we're like, <laughs> I just yeah. can't do it. I don't yeah. know. This is and like I somehow love better. That like John and I will call each. This is just sort of a side perk, but we'll just call each other in the middle of the day and just like hang out on the phone. I don't even know that we're saying anything, and like just because we can, because we don't yeah. have a boss. It's like get off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> like, and we have stuff we need to talk about with the business and and family stuff. So it's legit. Yeah. But it, I love like being able to 
talk to John anytime that I want to and have that freedom. What's been the uh, best project you both have worked on together? And you can't say Philip. <laughs> yeah. I have my own project. Yeah. <laughs> Lord help us. We're not done with that one. Yet. Um, I think Duckworth was really fun. That was fun. Yeah. It was, why? Uh, why is it? Why has it been fun? That was one of our first like projects that was solely together. And it was this small scale um, commercial project in Inkney. And it's uh, a family owned business, which we just love working with other businesses. We just feel kindred. And mm-hmm. and we were able, um, a lot of times a commercial, you can kind of do some whimsical things like in hospitality and things like that. You can come up. So we came up with like this tree and this duck pond concept. And that's where all the books were. And it's like the idea that the kids could gather around it and and then John just can build it. So I'm like, hey, here's this, <laughs> this crazy idea. And um, a lot of times in our field, like designers and contractors don't really get along because designers come up with these weird things and con- it makes the contractor's life so hard. And so luckily, like he can't escape. <laughs> so it's, um, for, I mean, you can, you can chat now, but I just feel like that was a really fun project just to brainstorm and complete and was satisfying to see it like completed and done. Yeah. I think you got to think on, I didn't mean to cut you off, but even on a commercial space, like knowing so many different people get to enjoy it, maybe than just the homeowner too. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. I think the custom build, um, I mean, just, you know, basically just taking a bunch of ideas and then there's literally just a, just, you know, a lot of land and you're just building what you're imagining. I mean, it is really pretty rewarding when you see it and are walking through something that you've just kind of it was crazy to make a plan like actually have a floor plan that was completely never would have existed and it came out of our minds and then walking in it like yeah Yeah. and you know it's an original plan so i mean it's these are things that we're just like kind of communicating back and forth about and i I don't know if for that like that reason alone is just kind of like man it's wow. pretty pretty cool to be able to do mm-hmm. do that. But I get a little misty eyed too when I think about like that particular project or other ones where there's real families that meet and like that's where they're having their birthday parties and their anniversaries yeah. and their You're friends. Taking babies home from that. Yeah. Yes. And it just it gives me like goosebumps just thinking about how I get to be a part of that forever. And even just the future people that will move in there that if it can be better in a way for them just to have that experience. I just think that's awesome. I'd, I'd say even to like the remodels. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I like, it's all kind of, they've got all their like pros and cons in each sure. of them. And with remodels though, like what's, I love just taking something that is like, a lot of times we like all find stuff, you know, that I'm like, dude, this is not cool, you know, at all. So like either fixing it or improving it like significantly and making it a lot safer and way more comfortable. Like that, that's also like, there's something so like satisfying about that. You know what I mean? It's like growing out. How, what's the future look like for you two? What's the future hold for Eden and Gray, John and Anna Shipman? A theme park. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, a totally. sitcom. A yeah. sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I, I am, when I've been telling people about our vision for this year, and then I kind of have this five-year plan that could be a 10-year plan, but we really, really want to have a business where we are building new construction that has the complete character of old construction. So like what people expect and what they buy those old homes for that we're just creating that new 
Mm. Um, and that every single project that we touch, I never want to do anything twice. I want to be uh, from the design perspective. I want to always be on the leading edge. I don't want to do a trend just because it's trending and everybody's doing this thing, but we really want it to be completely around our clients. And like if you drive around, um, South of Grand and down, down in Des Moines, like every single one of those houses looks like probably the person that, that built Built it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so I think that that would be our game plan is that in five years that solely our projects are building, um, and it could be some remodeling work or restoring historic, uh, is also really fulfilling, but that would be, I think our vision is just to, to be creating individualized homes for people, um, that are super unique and have a level of quality that matches the craftsmanship of a hundred years ago without the brick basements. <laughs> I think for us, like it, it's like, it becomes a job if, if I go into a project and we just, I'm just there to get it done. You know, like it'd be unfortunate if that's what <laughs> came to be for our business. Sure. Like uh, definitely the passion of just like, um, making a space that's special, like to the people that are living in it, I think is mm-hmm. definitely, we, we just want to take that passion and make it a business, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Hopefully think- in the next five to 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We haven't done it by then. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> and we talk about, you know, on this podcast, the seven source residual income. So you do own a business. I kind of want to just highlight that. Um, you do own Eden and Gray in the business of home building. So that's one kind of, that's your primary source of income. And then you've owned rentals. I don't quite remember where you're at with that right now. But I know you've owned them in the past and it's a yes, bit I currently own some. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got the real estate uh, income residually coming in uh, mm-hmm. as well. And then you're kind of doing the the uncommon banking strategy um, mm-hmm. with us. And then um, as you look at kind of rounding out your portfolio or your business, what's, what are you kind of guys chomping at the bat? I know you kind of talked about the the old new homes, but in terms of like building you know, that residual out and where you don't have to continue to maybe build new homes to make a living. What does that look like for you? I don't know. That's why we need another, <laughs> another meeting. Another meeting. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, you do have a vision around more rentals in the future yeah. using the um, life insurance. Yeah. I mean, you know, looking like 10 years and then within the next 10 years, I'd like to continue to acquire um, rental property and and flips i mean we've you know that's definitely fits within mm-hmm. our um uh kind of business model and everything that we're doing so mm-hmm. and uh, you guys are doing network marketing i just want to throw that out there hello yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you got that residual income too and you did yeah. that with your dad which i think is cool yeah yeah i kind of forgot about that yeah, yeah. so you guys really do blueprints for people and build houses well, we kind of do blueprints for people's finances. And mm-hmm. so it is something so cool to have something so customizable to your client yeah. and seeing something come to fruition. And so it has been a joy to see you guys come to, to us a year or so back and to where you are now and the traction that you guys have from where you both were running your own business and now you are unified on one. I really, really am excited to see what happens in the next five years. And I think that you can dwarf that 10-year goal in four or five years. So we want to continue to encourage you. We will totally be advocates for what you do and how you do it. Totally. Um, Thank you so much for being on the show. 
If you have any questions for Brian and I, we would love to hear from you guys. The number is 515-650-3009. You can email us at philip at uncommonwealth.com. And how, do, how would our listeners reach out to you too? Probably our website is a good place to start um, just to get familiar with how we work. And that's uh, edenandgray.com. So, and it's E-D-E-N and gray with an A. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then I usually talk to people most often on the front end. So that's 515-975-5527. And we just welcome any conversations. Like a lot of times we'll just come out and look at stuff. We don't even, there's zero pressure and mm-hmm. we yeah. love looking at home. So it's never time wasted on our end. And you love meeting new, pe- new people like we you're do. a barista. So I'm going to yeah. be a barista again. Yes, totally. Awesome. Well, thank you so much guys for joining us today. And if you want to follow us uh, or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google play, you please feel free to review this show and continue to listen. Have a great day, guys. Thanks, everybody. Bye. That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project, brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.